Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Well, welcome, everybody. This is our September show, and as we call it, the show must go on. And I am so excited to have in studio some wonderful friends of mine who go back way back, but we're going to offer you some great ideas, some suggestions. But I was just thinking how the last couple months, definitely since March, all of our themes per month have sort of been sad. I mean, sad because they're reflecting the times. There have been about dealing with what was going on with COVID, with all the tension in our country, with the difficulties and death. And it's just, it's been a bummer, right? So I thought it'd be nice to have a show when we can sort of escape that and, and go into some fun things that use our imagination. But before I go into that, I always start off with our honorable mentions. And every month I like to talk about certain people for their birthdays. And September has the most birthdays. And that makes sense because September, nine months before this month uh, was winter and it's probably really cold winter because we have a whole bunch of people that I'd like to wish happy birthday <laughs> to this month. I start off with uh, the father of my sons, the grandfather of my grandchildren, Richard Stevens, who's probably listening as he's babysitting my grandkids. Uh, our friend Daniel Aguiar, who is in Scottsdale. My friend Jimmy Compton, who's in Phoenix. Actually, he's in Casa Grande. Sandy Price in Scottsdale. Steve Salyer is a friend. Tommy Williams in San Diego. Phyllis Green, who is in Kentucky. Hayden Huerta, who turned 15 this month. Laura Ziff, who's in Paradise Valley. Nia is a dear friend of mine who lives in Mesa. Liz Brown in San Diego. Patty Arcaleo, who is in Florida. Joe Bledsoe, who is in San Diego. Tomorrow we have a birthday for Phil Myers and Steve Gabay, who are in Scottsdale. The rest of the month we have Dr. Glenn Tanner, my chiropractor friend, is having a birthday. Harvey Jabara in, in Paradise Valley in San Diego is having a birthday. Kitty Larson in Phoenix. Suzanne Diamond Hanniotis is having a birthday. Bill Mulder. Jenny Wetterow in California. Brian in Wyoming. Lisa, who lives in Troon. Donna Garber in Milwaukee. Michael Bill in Phoenix, Bob McLean, who is our buddy up in Calgary, and David Hovey Jr. So listen, all you wonderful people, have a great birthday. Every birthday is a gift. I tell you to count your blessings. I know it's been a tough time, and a lot of us are reluctant to count our blessings. If we can find blessings, we cling on to those. Good news is the pandemic will not be forever. Our numbers are coming down here around the country. You know it's better when it's not the headline that it's it's the pandemic issue is relegated to the third or fourth of the middle section of the page. It's not the headliner in the right upper column. The vaccine's on the horizon, so that's coming out. Speaking of vaccines, it is flu season is coming up. We don't want to mix flu and COVID together. That is a bad combination. So for those of you out there, everybody out there, please get your flu vaccine. For those of us who are 65 and older, it is the high-dose flu vaccine. Everybody else, regular dose, please get it. There is no vaccine that's going to be 100%, especially with flu vaccine, because it's seasonal, and they make a guess regarding what antigens are going to mix with that. So it's about 46% uh, effective if they can predict it right. Some years they get it right on. We had that uh, accuracy a year ago. Two or three years before then, it wasn't so great. You still can get the flu if you get the flu vaccine, but I suspect it's not as bad if you are immunized. So please get the flu vaccine. Uh, there are some theories that say if you get the flu vaccine, you can fight COVID better, hopefully, because your immune systems charge up. So we hope that's the case. But don't forget all those things you learned to protect yourself against COVID, such as hand washing, don't touch your face, you know, be vigilant with that so that uh, if you're sick, don't go to work. Well, nowadays people stay home and work, but you know, don't work, don't expose yourself to everybody. One of the things that come up that my patients ask me, how do I know if I've got the flu or I've got COVID? How can I tell uh, the difference between COVID and the flu? Number one thing is look at your temperature. Everyone should have a thermometer. Look at your temperature. If you have a fever of 100.4 or higher, that is commonly the first symptom you'll see in COVID commonly the first symptom. 
But with COVID, in addition to the fever, you've got stronger symptoms such as chills and really bad body aches. And we're not talking about very subtle body aches. We're talking about, quote, I've been hit by the truck body aches. Can't get out of bed. I really feel horrible, like the worst flu you ever had. The other thing to look at is the speed of onset of your symptoms. Coronavirus comes on suddenly for those for those of us out there, you can pinpoint the day of exposure. A lot of times it comes on on day five to seven after exposure, but it can appear as long as 14 days. Flu, on the other hand, comes on gradually one to four days after exposure. But COVID, you can pretty much say, boom, all of a sudden I feel good one day, I'm really sick this day. So again, for those people who think they have it, stay home, either flu or COVID, limit your exposure, monitor your symptoms. If your symptoms are getting worse, get some medical attention. For COVID, the things to look out for are shortness of breath. You can have pneumonia, persistent fever. The other thing that comes with COVID is loss of your sense of smell and sense of taste. You can still have diarrhea and abdominal symptoms too. Then people ask, well, what if I have a, if I sneeze, if I have a stuffy nose or runny nose? More likely it's a cold, it's unlikely it's COVID. So if you've got congestion, runny nose, that's your primary symptom. That's more likely going to be a cold, but I would still keep yourself away from people. You know, use Kleenex, wash your hands. The cough that you see in cold is usually wet and thick, productive. That's usually a plain old cold. If it's a dry cough, that's COVID. Be worried about COVID. It's a dry cough. You cough, nothing comes up. You just hack away. So definitely get your flu shot. Somebody had asked whether there was any evidence that you can get protection against COVID if you take the flu shot. It's not proven. That's why they recommend you get the COVID shot when it comes out. But we suspect that if a vaccine can stimulate your immune system to fight a virus, you may get some benefit from having had the seasonal flu vaccine. So please, please take care of yourselves out there. Always Make sure you make a, a point of boosting your immune system. You hydrate, you exercise, get a good night's sleep, avoid excess alcohol, don't smoke, <laughs> all those things. Because, you know, if you get exposed to this, if you have a good constitution, you can fight it. And part of it is just being resilient. You know, we, we all lo- know we live in a tough time. We've got pandemics. We've got fires on the West Coast. We've got the Hurricane Sally that's it's blown her way through there, the Gulf. You've got politics, you know, everything is bad news 24-7. It's, it's not a happy time. You've got conflicts that are going on in politics and race relations. The media, I really believe, throws gasoline on all of this and makes it worse. One of my patients who's 90 called me the other day, and we were talking about how stressed out she was. She says, I pick up the New York Times, I read it, I get anxious, I get nervous, and I told her, sweetie, Stop reading the New York Times. Stop reading the paper. If you want to look at the paper, look at it once a day or pile it up in the corner, read it at the end of the day because nothing you can do will change it. If there is truly an emergency, you know, watch the local news for a few minutes. Whatever's the headliner shows up and then stop. Stop watching it. Stop subjecting yourself because you're just going to get ramped up and more upset and, and more into that. It's not going to help you. The pandemic has also been very difficult, not only for people who struggle with all their other ailments, but for people who struggle with addiction. Uh, We've heard more reports of the unemployment rates making anxiety and depression worse. Alcohol consumption has gone up. Opioid use has gone up. Those have gone major, become major problems. I've spoken to my friends who operate rehab, inpatient rehab facilities. They have waiting lists because people are trying to get in. And it's, it's good that people get help. If you're suffering from any type of addiction, your life's out of control, get some help. There are crisis lines available. Go see your doctor, get some help. Before March of 2020, when all this hit us, burnout, stress, anxiety were significant issues in the workplace and in our society. You add on to that the pandemic, politics, economic difficulties, social unrest, and physical isolation, and then people working remote, and all this stress has gotten worse. They've had studies, uh, your, your uh, people over at Johns Hopkins have said that without a doubt, the coronavirus pandemic will be the most psychologically toxic disaster in anyone's lifetime, according to a physician who teaches disaster and mental health resilience at Johns Hopkins. 
the uh, pandemic is a disaster of uncertainty, and the greater the uncertainty surrounding a disaster, the greater the psychological casualties, according to Dr. George Everly from Johns Hopkins. In recognition of the mental health toll the crisis will take on us, the American Psychological Association, which typically issues an annual mental health survey, will foreseeably release a monthly report called Stress in America 2020, Stress in the Time of COVID. And this is what's in the report. Number one is the economy is now a significant source of stress for 70% of Americans. Well, yeah, if you're out of a job, your income is dropped. I think of the people in the hospitality industry, uh, in retail, in, in uh, the airline industry, tourism, all those people, it's affected them dramatically. People have lost their job, they've been laid off. You know, that has been a huge factor in the dis dis difficulty. Uh, more than a third of Americans have displayed clinical signs of anxiety, depression, or both since the coronavirus pandemic be uh, began. It, there is a Pew Research survey from March that this number is significantly higher. 55% of those experiencing financial difficulties uh, were noted to have this in particular. Uh, even prior to the pandemic, finances were a major issue of work workplace stress. Only 50% of employees are comfortable discussing mental health issues. So a lot of employers are reaching out to their employees to check on them, and we're encouraging people to do that. Nearly one in five Americans say they have had physical reactions when thinking about the outbreak. And a lot of that are in the younger people. You see that mostly in the young, uh, the elderly as well, but mostly suffering are, are the younger people. That's why we try to encourage mindfulness, people seeking mental health uh, support. In the March Pew survey, 18% of people said they experienced nervousness or anxiety most or all of the time during the past week. This number has doubled to 9% during the survey. And then there were text messages to a federal disaster distressed hotline, which increased more than 1,000% in April, according to that review. So a lot of people hurting out there. Mental health is poorest among those unemployed for six months or more, so we got to get people back to work, got to get the economy going, obviously be safe, but find ways to get people employed again and get back to work and have a purpose. It's so important. The long-term psychological consequences of collective traumas can last a decade or more, according to studies. There's one study diagnosed with the author called Katrina brain after the hurricane. It's a syndrome of symptoms resulting from the 2005 New Orleans hurricane. So they worry about the response teams of those people who responded. Uh, the 10th item they talk about in the survey, pandemic stress is significantly higher in the young people. As I mentioned, a third of the adults ages 18 to 29 are in the high distress group. And I think what really fuels that is social media. Stop looking at social media, guys. We have a 24-7 news network. And I think because it's 24-7, you got to fill it, right? Nobody wants empty airtime. That's money. Who's going to sponsor that? So what do you do? What's a person, what is a sane person supposed to do? How do you escape from this? And a lot of us look at different ways. There are people who try to escape through alcohol, through drugs, through food, through shopping. You know, if you can't go shopping, you go on Amazon and you just click away and you have all these things arrive at your house and it's like Christmas. So they engage in addictive behaviors to escape what's going around them. Well, how can else can you combat it that's, that's healthy, that's not destructive, that's not going to make you go broke? Exercise mindfulness. Try to focus on the now. People exercise that. They tell you to focus on the now because that's all you can control right now. You can try to control your breath. You can try to control what gets to you, what bothers you. You focus on the now, on the moment can't do anything about the past, you can try to forget it, and you can't control a lot in the future, so surrender it, so focus on mindfulness. The other is prayer, and I think prayer is so important. A lot of people have had a spiritual reawakening with their God, with their higher power, with Buddha, with your form of a higher consciousness to tap into it. Seek that higher form to help you. We are not God, but we can seek our own gods to help us, and I think if you focus on prayer, and ask for help. Also reach out to your family and friends, call them, Zoom them, reach out to them. If you can't do it physically, call them, make a phone call, text them, email them. Reading is important, read a good book, escape in a good book. Music, listen to music, escape through music. Listen to podcasts, this, this show's on a podcast, there's so many podcasts you can listen to. 
go outside, go for a walk, focus on nature, journal, write about how miserable it is, and rewrite your story about how you're going to get through it, have some humor, take imagination for a ride. And I always say, go to the movies. We can't because they've shut down the theaters. Turn on the TV set. You know, and if you don't watch the news, but go to old TV shows, some people watch shows from the 60s to the 50s, uh, find other ways. They go on Netflix, they click onto that, they, they, they pull that together, and they find ways to view. Because when you watch a show or a movie, you, you leave your current surroundings, and you go to another time and place, and you can escape in a healthy way. So I'm going to come back in a few minutes after a break about talking about how people entertain themselves in a healthy way during the pandemic. And we're going to introduce our guest, Dr. Richard Dick Ridenour and his lovely wife, Leslie Ridenour, who are veterans of our show. So come back in a few minutes and we'll tune into Dr. Connie's house calls to talk about what are great things to view during the pandemic. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnyradio at gmail.com. That's drconnyradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Remember there used to be an old commercial of a woman in a bathtub. No, this is not Cialis. Uh, it It was advertising Calgon. There's a woman in a bathtub. It's got bubbles. She leans in and she says, Calgon, take me away. She's taking a bubble bath. Well, that's sort of what you wish you could have now during the pandemic with all the stress, anxiety, 24-7, bad news all the time networks that we're hearing. So how do you escape that in a healthy manner, uh, not going into things that will destroy yourself or other people? And really, I like I like watching TV at night. You know, I like watching TV. And, uh, and I have some favorites, but I, I wanted to tap into – my dearest friends who've known me, my gosh, 39 years, uh, Dr. Richard Dick Ridenour and Leslie Ridenour, 
to be my returning guest. In fact, this is Dr. Ridenour's fourth visit and Leslie Ridenour's third visit. So they are not strangers to the studio. They're veterans. So I'm going to just do a brief intro because they've been here before, but I just want it for those who are tuning in for the first time. Rear Admiral, two-star Richard Ridenour, is a retired Navy physician, psychiatrist, former commanding officer at Bethesda Naval Hospital, former medical officer of the Marine Corps, former commanding officer uh, Naval Hospital San Diego, many, many, many uh, leadership tours in the Navy. Um, amazing psychiatrist, good friend. His, his crowning achievement is being married to Leslie Ridenour, who is a former speech therapist, uh, happily married for over 40 years. They met at the University of Miami, Florida, and they've just been amazing together. They retired in Scottsdale, Arizona, how many, oh gosh, it's been, how many years ago? 2007. 2007. They enjoy movies in their free time when they're not going to San Diego to travel. They have a personal collection of over 400 DVDs and VHS movie tapes, so you keep those because there will be a collector's item. <laughs> and they have opportunities to review those old friendships made at the theater. So they have a favorite pastime where they go to movies with friends, they discuss them. And usually in the past they've been on my show where we pick the Oscars. So I get them to give me their take on what movies to go see. And the challenging part is trying to agree which, you know, parties they're going to invite to see the movies. And I always love their interpretation of it because they have such common sense things and intriguing things. And, and I, I, I've, as Dr. Dr. Ryan, or Dr. Dick, I'm going to call it, and I were talking, they love a good coffee and they love talking with friends. I said, you really need to have your podcast Coffee and Couch with Dr. Dick. So I'm just putting it out there because you never know. Unless you say it, you know, it won't come true. So you got to say it. I'm putting it out there. So welcome to our show. Well, thank you. It's very nice to be back. And Leslie, welcome back. Delighted. Thank you. I was just thinking about my vacant, empty 10-year-old bathtub that I've never been in. And <laughs> We've I really never need used to climb in. Well, they've used it for the Cialis commercial. And I still can't imagine those two bathtubs, two people individually how is that? I, I just want to talk to the marketing person. How does that deal with? Anyway, go figure. So let's talk about inter, another form of entertainment. That is an entertainment. Yes. So no, this is a crazy time. And and how have you each handled this right now with COVID, politics, all the stress that's going on? How well, have you dealt with it? Before I answer that, I just want to say I'm sorry this is radio because I wish people could see me sitting between two very extremely lovely uh, young ladies and uh, makes me feel very special. Oh, well, thank you. And then I would say simply that <laughs> the people, I think, should remember that what, what, what we need to do during times like this is do things that energize us and refresh us instead of drain us. I have friends who, you know, they'll talk about, I just finished reading a book. I'm reading a lot more now, but I'm more depressed than ever. And then you ask them what they're reading and they tell you and they're reading all this depressing stuff like the news or books about people dying or cancer or something like that. And it's just you have to find things, whether they're books, movies, TV shows, whatever, that pick you up yeah. and don't drag you down. Um, a lot of people, friends of mine of ours tell us about conversations with family and friends on the phone because that's one thing a lot of people are doing now is making a lot of phone calls. And yet they tell you who they've been talking to and their relatives and friends who drain them mm -hmm. rather than energize them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we can select. Sometimes we have to talk to people who drain us and whatever, you know. <laughs> but we can make selections too to talk to the other people. Yeah, it's true. You, you go to the things that energize and lift you up. There are people, as you know, called energy vampires. And you know they are because after they leave, you're like, oh, my gosh, I feel so bad. So, <laughs> your neck hurts. Your you know, just hurts. limit your exposure to any type of toxicity. Leslie, how have, you, how have you been adjusting to all this? Well, since this is about doing your favorite things, every single night now, it seems particularly with the choices that we made of the things we'll tell you about later, are exciting. I mean, there, we look forward to nights after dinner, whether it's a good dinner or not. I make it most of the time so I can say oh, that. Oh, good. But, <laughs> but uh, we, we do anticipate our, our viewing very much. And it, uh, uh, I would say that it's primarily due to, and I'll just say the category uh, now, um, British, uh, British series. And uh, oddly enough, with all the phone calls we make to different people, 
it is really amazing to me how few people are familiar with some of these series that have been going on in Britain for, you know, 19, 20 years. And we're, we're buying the collection, you know, at Barnes & Noble. And I highly recommend that. That is a neat library to start establishing, and Dick will fill you in more with what those are. Let's but, go into the series, you know, because one of the things I want to ask is, what are you watching now? Talk about the British series. Well, it's a, a lot of it is on Acorn Media. Now, again, I don't, I have no stock in this company, but <laughs> and we've only discovered it in the last few years. But um, the, one of the series that we, we just finished, it's been out for nine years now, it's called Doc Martin. And it's about a, a English doctor, and uh, he's a world, he's a famous vascular surgeon and suddenly in the OR one day develops a, a phobia to blood so he can't operate so he goes to this small Cornwall city to be a GP in their system which by the way this show is an interesting take on the British system versus the American system and you watch this show and you're so glad you're in America but anyway and it's this crazy quirky group of people and situations that he gets into and he's a no-nonsense you think of the typical surgical quote surgical personality well this guy fires patients tells them off tells them to shut up in his office and everything but they love him and he it's funny uh it's uplifting uh there's romance there's you know all that so it's sort of and after a few episodes it gathers you in and it's 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 actually like uh, your favorite. Uh, you know, this will date me, but we we all used to watch soap operas. That's yeah. the dirty <laughs> yeah. little secret, yeah. you know. But yeah. yeah, some of you guys, you know, have probably been Simpson fans or you know whatever series you've watched uh, that I can't think of the name of off the bat. But these are characters that you don't you don't want to lose. They become friends. You relate to them. And regardless of what, what their antics are or whatever, they're extremely entertaining. This is the best series uh, of Downton Abbey, uh, uh, Upstairs, Downstairs, I have ever watched in British uh, so comedy. So, Doc Martin, is it still ongoing? or is it, uh, Well, it, it just, it, it like end? the pandemic, it only it ended because they can't film. they're not filming this yeah. year. And so it's nothing, I, I don't know if they've started filming for next year or whatever. Uh, and it's people think when you say British humor, people think old people like me think of Benny Hill and that oh, yeah. kind of thing. It's, it's not that kind of it's, pie in your face dry. humor. It's, it's dry. Yes, it's, it's it's very dry. But, know, yeah, and ahead. modern. It's modern. It's mm -hmm. contemporary in a contemporary. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some of that, and it's beautifully filmed. Makes you want to go to Cornwall. Oh, it is. It makes right. you want to travel there. It's exquisite. It's stunning. And, but and then Acorn. They're also. I know people who, who read mysteries and look at mystery movies and all that sort of stuff. There's two kinds of mysteries. There's a mystery that, you know, people die in, but they're still uplifting because there's happy endings. <laughs> if there can be something about a death that, that's happy. Uh, and there are other ones that just drag you down and make you sad. But there are other series like Midsummer Murders, which has been going on for... 21 years now oh. and and it's a it's a wonderful series uh and then there are other things like uh, the dr blake mysteries um, which takes you to australia you know wh how much do you all really know about australia but would have liked to have known and the scenery is remarkable and this character isn't extremely engaging um, and his private life apparently also was quite engaging. <laughs> so it becomes sort of interesting knowing, you know, reading more about these characters. The, How many episodes do you watch per night? Do you do Well, you it depends. Watch? The, we, uh, we do um, two. Uh, with Doc Martin, we've been doing two because they're about 40 minutes each. Uh -huh. With the Midsummer Mysteries or some of the other shows, they're, in, they're 90 minutes. No commercials, of course. Yeah, that's about the length of a movie. Yeah, yeah. so movie it's it's about yeah. it's about a movie. Uh, and it's funny, Leslie. It, my wife is a great cook, and so she makes a meal. And sometimes, be, while we're eating, you know, we'll sit down in front of the television, and what do we end up watching? But cooking shows. Uh, I don't know if you remember a guy named Emeril, mm -hmm. who yeah, Les Leslie, like and I, yeah. Leslie and I knew. Uh, anyway, Orleans. he has a cooking show. I don't, at, is at, he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. So where did you meet Emeril? Uh, I was the medical officer of the Marine Corps during the first Gulf War. Yeah. I was in uniform. I went into his restaurant one night after a meeting in New Orleans, and I was looking for a place to uh, to eat, and they were packed. 
And uh, I, I, I said, they said, you can't, no reservations till 10 o'clock. I said, I'll be dead at 10 o'clock. This was six. And you I had wearing uniform? All day. I was wearing Marine Corps Charlie's. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, and so um, even though I was a Navy doc, so I, I said, well, geez, okay. So I, I started to leave. And just then this guy comes running out of the kitchen yelling at me, general, general. And he says, oh, we'll find a place to put you. I later learned that he had a relative that was in the Marines at the time that was serving overseas. So he knew your rank. He could tell Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. And so he, he put – well, I was wearing a cover too that had the, all the gold Slammed stuff on it. So anyway, so he puts me in a chair behind the kitchen door. <laughs> and he wouldn't let me pay for dinner. I did pay for drinks. Well, that's a class act. And I saw everything coming and going. Well, that's – but still, it was a free meal because everybody has, you know, the reputation for chefs is they're hot-headed, they're temperamental. And it's so nice to hear somebody who's who was gracious like so, that. So we left and I – so I come – so I, I come home and I tell Leslie this story. I think she believed me. We tell it to friends. And, of course, he was getting well-known by that time. And people would say, no, no, no. And uh, so we went back a few years, a couple of years later, and we were in his restaurant. And he comes over to the table. He mm-hmm. recognizes me. He says, hello, General. And my yeah. friends who were – and Leslie, and they all – I didn't have to say a word. That Whoa. Was like, that's a good news with that. So other things you watch too. Tell, let's go on back to there. I know we could do a whole cooking thing. Mm-hmm. You watch cooking shows? Well, I'm, I'm a big HGTV uh fan and i particularly like the restoration shows for example uh the game lovely lovely couple in mississippi have a place have a show called hometown and uh they they are making a point of restoring as many of uh, the original homes in uh laurel mississippi as they can so i find that engaging there's another uh, mother and daughter team out of indianapolis who uh have a show called Good Bones, and and they do really take the crappiest houses you've ever seen and make them habitable and re- affordable again. But the story is engaging. But I love how you're able to travel. You talked about Britain, yeah. Australia, without even leaving your couch. You've, got you've traveled it. all these places. You know, you're even though you're, you're you're not allowed to, you've been able to do. Have you learned new things though? While watching these shows, do you talk about have you renovated or new recipes or? You well, picked up new things? I, I honestly can't say that it's uh, that kind of learning experience. It's it's uh, it's a food for the soul in, yeah. in the case of what they do with these homes and the families that uh, come to inhabit them, um, more so than, than some of the others that, you know, really seem to be, you know, what the price of this all cost and what, you know, damage there was and all that sort of thing. There's, there's uh, so... It's redeemable. It's redeemable. I, I think of a good movie as do you come away with a redeemable um, mm-hmm. feeling about it? You know, I'm trying to think, what was the last movie you saw before COVID? So before March, do you remember in the theater? I can't I, even remember. I, I, don't, I don't remember. I remember. I, you know, movies, another thing about movies, uh, that we, I've been doing a lot of, uh, while I'm riding my stationary bike at home, I do a lot of watching movies from the past like during World War II, when a time when the enemy was very clear. Now, people argue about who's the enemy. You know, that was, during that period of time, there was no argument about who was the enemy. Things were very clear. And there are comedies, there are dramas. Most of them have very uplifting uh, movies, everything from The Week at the Waldorf to uh, other, you know, Mrs. Miniver mm-hmm. and The Miniver Story. And it just makes you feel good. And I think the main thing is to come away, whatever you've done, feeling better about yourself mm-hmm. and life, mm-hmm. even though maybe none of the challenges before you have necessarily been solved. Yeah, it's a difficulty because, you know, one thing you can count on, it's life is going to be tough no matter what. It's not going to be easy. If no. it is easy, you're dead and you're in heaven. And that's, you know, it's how you deal with that. Uh, are there certain movies that come to mind or certain shows that uh, uh, you used, people used to say, if you were on a desert island, what movie would you have? Well, you wouldn't have electricity and you wouldn't have an you know, iPad and all that to watch it. But do you have favorites? What are your favorites? Well, knowing knowing that it this, the secondary one is coming up and it seems like it's been forever, I, I adored uh, – Top Gun. <laughs> oh my God! When is that coming out? Do they? It's move? supposed to be out during uh, Christmas time. I hope They've so. They've delayed it until then. Fi- they haven't they filmed some of it already? Oh, it's time? done. 
Oh, they just have to they edit. Had to, they refilmed uh, some of it. Uh, we, we, last time we were in San Diego, Leslie and I were staying in the quarters there, and they had there was this house out on the beach, and they were refilling one particular scene at North Island. You should have, like, walked in as an, you know, <laughs> yeah. an extra yeah. with that. Well, we're, we're going to go for a quick break, a few minutes, and then come back, and we're going to talk more about entertainment and movies and, and shows and talk about what we learned from them and why, and Top Gun's coming. So that's good news. So stay tuned for House Calls for more viewing selections. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. You can like and comment on the Voice America Empowerment Channel Facebook page. This is the place to get and share advice from some of the best leaders on the planet. Get started today by searching for Voice America Empowerment or click the like button under the player today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back. We're talking about entertainment and what entertains us during the pandemic that's healthy in terms of viewing entertainment. I'm, I have Dr. Richard Ridenauer, Dick Ridenauer, and Leslie Ridenauer. We're talking about the shows they're watching, and, and uh, we did talk about podcasts and books briefly, but really the shows that take our mind off of this really difficult time. You know, you'd mentioned British shows that right sense of humor i mean they brought us shakespeare so it's got to be they've got to be pretty clever in the entertainment industry but you, you talk about doc martin which i've seen before brilliantly done the uh the episodes with that i mean one of the things come to mind i think i've shared with you that i really like watching i finished all the seasons of it is a show entitled last tango in halifax yes and it's about an elderly couple, well, elderly. They're in their 70s. That's not so elderly, the older I get. <laughs> but there are a couple in their 70s who were sweethearts 50 years prior, and they were supposed to meet on a bridge somewhere. And the woman writes a love note to him saying, I'm moving to another village, and would you write me? And she gave it to her girlfriend. Well, that girlfriend never gave it to the guy. In fact, that girlfriend wound up marrying the guy. And so fast forward 50 years, that guy, and that, you know, that woman who gave the, didn't give the note has died. And he's a widower, and the woman who wanted to deliver her to deliver the note is also a widow. So they reconnect on Facebook, Aww. and they fall in love, and they get married. Well, of course, they bring into the, the picture their individual children, 
and what goes on, the drama with the city and all that. And it's actually very well done. It's it's you fall in love with the personalities. And that's what you mentioned about Doc Martin, that you, you, you see it so much when you're glued to the screen you see them and view them more than in real life. You become part, they become part of your life. And when the series is over, there's a sadness yeah. and a loss. Yeah, you mourn. But, it, but we have them, like Leslie and I will pull out these things every couple of years. And it's like, wow. Yeah. I mean, we remember some stuff. They're old friends. And as a couple of 70s, a couple in their 70s, we remember most of the stuff, but not everything. But, you know, one of the things you bring up about characters and actors um, Tom Selleck is, a, is, is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, I've met him. I have a picture with him. He's awesome. And one of the shows you turned John and I in towards is Blue Bloods. Oh, we love I that love show. that show. It's so well done. I can't watch it now because all I can think of is my late husband when I see it. But in that show, Tom Selleck's character, the police commissioner, is a widower. He still wears his wedding ring. And so... I've seen him in other shows where he plays other characters, and I told John I cannot stand him kissing another woman because I mean it was just like wait he's out of character. I mean you you grow so used to that particular character you identify with them so much they become such really good friends. But I, I just think of just the ability to escape. You know I look at potential screenplays that I'd like to write and things, and from what you viewed from characters you love, can you give me the ingredients for? what you think would make a great television series? Well, as you know, because we've talked about this before, I, I think for you, I mean, a great television series would would be something like, uh, you know, they did West Wing and everything out of the White House, but the medical story behind life at the White House and all that that involves, I've often thought it could be a great story about like Bethesda or Walter Reed. If you could, I mean, there's so many stories, there's so much. So it's a what makes a great story is the people you identify with, mm -hmm. that you care about, um, uh, and uh, stories that have meaning, have lessons you can apply to life. Um, you know, I, I think that's... You got to have emotions. You got to have a love story. You know, there's a difference. We talk about what men like versus what women like. My husband would pick out something that I said, oh, what movie do you want to watch? I, oh, you tell me some movie that had, like, Breaking Bad, you know, the television series. I said, somebody gets shot in the eye. Someone's <laughs> going to get, there's blood, there's guts. I don't want to see that. What do women like? We love love stories. We love emotion. We love, you know, and we just love that. I mean, that's, you know, we, we look at different things. But if you have a show that combines that with humor, with a lesson, and then you notice how they drop little hints in the beginning, you pay attention because later on it's going to come back. That's that's the part that, that that goes on, and you're wondering. You leave them hanging. What's next? There was a series years ago, which I love, uh, which is War, is War and Remembrance, Winds of War and War and Remembrance mm -hmm. from the Harmon Wook books. Mm -hmm. They have that. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a soap opera from week to week, then leave you hanging. But it's true history, and yet there's love and there's loss, and, of course, there's a lot about the Holocaust and all that. But uh, so when— you know, we, it's another thing about the English uh, stuff. There's uh, Leslie and I, there's a lot we do like in common. The series Foils War, which is about a detective, again, Brit, Britain and, and the relationships. But the people you yeah. identify with. Such a great job. A sidekick named Honeysuckle Weeks. What a I mean, great do name. You, do you love it? I know. What a great name. We've actually seen her in bit parts in some of these other series in, in British uh, you know, series that, that we've been watching. But I keep wondering, you know, what happened to the great American series, you know, uh, stylistically? And uh, I mean, we hit gold for so long in really great miniseries. And what's happened to that? I mean, there, there just doesn't seem to be the magic anymore, you know, to come with come down with a story that does appeal to men, that does yeah. appeal to women, that made us all glued for seven days. You know what I think? And I think Hollywood is afraid to offend anybody. And oh, my friends yes. who are comedians say, it's hard to be a comedian oh. because someone's going to get offended, right? Yeah. Well, even if, okay, if I make fun of myself, well, you're making fun of Filipinos. No, I'm not. I'm making fun of myself. Stop it. You know, it's like, and so remember Archie Bunker, right? He was a bigot. You know, he was a bigot towards everybody, towards whatever color. And he's against his hippie, grand, his hippie son-in-law, or um, Beverly Hillbillies. 
I mean, you know, Alt Petticoat Junction. I'm thinking back in the 60s in the golden era of that. I mean, I Love Lucy. You know, all those great shows, those classics, right? Mm, Barney Fife, I mean, uh, Mayberry RFD. I mean, all those shows that we grew up with. And nowadays, if you try to bring it back, someone's going to be offended. It's like, well, you know, what is life, right? It's like, if you want to be offended, you will be offended. Someone's there. Unless someone says, hey, you, I'm going to offend you now. All right? Let it. So, Can't, can't somebody capture today's life in a positive style? I mean, is that so difficult for gifted writers or is it difficult for us to decide on a writer what side of the fence they're on politically? Uh, all of that. Have we lost the complete sense of humor and appreciation for written word turned into acting? You know, it's a good point. Uh, you know, look at screenwriters who goes into that industry, what they're, you know, do they have a political agenda? You guys, when you're doing entertainment, it should have no political agenda. You're there to entertain. You know, you want to teach a life lesson. Sure, you want to you want to portray different people, but you don't want to do propaganda. It's entertainment, not propaganda. Well, one form of entertainment that people have enjoyed and have been seen as a release, which is now unfortunately gotten very political, is sports. Sports mm-hmm. is a good example. A lot of people stop watching sports, various sports. Uh, some it's it's become very political, but political, and it's not. It's no longer strictly escapism where people could go to the TV and the couch or the game or something and and just forget about everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's harder to do now. There's a lot of trigger points in society, and it's very it's tough. And it's how do we get beyond this? How do we go beyond it? How do you reset, right? And so, that's that's the tough part. And that's that's one thing I like about like to think about the, uh, the the watching the shows, finding new ones like Leslie and I have together with this whole English thing. I think of it as when you're looking something uh, that from the past that you've seen before, it's revisiting old friends. Mm-hmm. And then when you find something new like we did with Doc Martin, it's making new friends, mm-hmm. and they really become part of your life. It's it's like a good book. Well, or, you spend hours. Yes. I mean, spend hours intensely observing. I mean, you're not going to stare at your friends for four hours, but here you're watching shows for hours and drawing them in. They become so part of your psyche that you can walk through it. Do you ever wonder? I always wonder. I always have this thing. When I die, my kids always go, Mom, when I die, <laughs> will there be like credits at the very end of the screen? <laughs> the end? And then you put, brought to you by, and then all the people in my life played by whatever. You know, you always sort of wonder what that looks like. Or you just pass over there, you know. I'll have to bring my medium friends over and interview them for that. We should all get to review our obits before. Uh, well, there are, people, there are people who write who their write obits. Their you know, the Wall Street Journal, all those big papers, they've got famous people's obits ready to go. They just tweak them. Every famous person, they've got obits ready, prepared, and ready to go, right? And one of the things I like to do every week in addition to the Wall Street is I look at the, the obituaries. And there are only three they do, and I know because I got John's obituary in the Wall Street Journal the week that Lee Iacocca died, and Ross Perot died. So that was huge kudos to get him in there. But yeah. it's like, what are the life lessons? What did I learn from this person's life, if you can condense that? And that's the problem. You don't get to edit the obit. Is it because or see it because in some in most cases and it's strange but to many people there are things they would like put in their obit that would most people wouldn't put in or think they think is very important mm-hmm. and yet to those persons it's probably more important than some other things. Yeah, what's what's important to you, right? Well, there are people who will prepare it. Their obituary. There are some people who say, write a letter to your the people you leave behind. What letter you want to leave behind and what message, but. But with your entertainment, I mean, you, you recommend the, the shows, the books, the, the podcasts. I mean, there's so many ways to do that. You know, I, when someone tells me, I am so bored, I just want to whack them, mm. right, slap them. How can mm. you be bored? There's plenty to do. There's plenty to look and read and, and experience. Thank God there's a few bookstores left so you can, like, go to Barnes & Noble and br- just 
you know, they even have coffee now, so you can go in there and have <laughs> coffee at Starbucks and browse the shelves and look at their video library. Thank goodness they didn't bump off all of them. At yeah. least Barnes & Noble is still out there yeah. and, you know, a precious few others. Yeah. And, and what, a, what would we have They have a great British section, so. During the <laughs> like in the, Oh, speaking of the French, because one of the shows I enjoyed, I've told people about it, is called Call My Agent. And I have an agent, my literary agent. Oh, it's taken yeah. place in France. It's a sitcom. And it's it's all English, English subtitle French. You see French. And it takes place in Paris. And it's an agency that represents French movie stars and actors and actresses. And it's all the behind the scenes, love relationships. And the founder winds up dead. And so there's a power struggle among the agents to run the agency. Meanwhile, they're hustling for different... Uh, clients and it's it's all the love things that go on there and it's it's fascinating wow. all those things there I mean I was going through my little list of you know what, what I like to watch I loved Mrs. Maisel the uh, marvelous Mrs. Maisel they play takes place in the 1960s it's a woman who becomes a stand-up comic because her her husband who she divorces wants to be it and she gets up on stage and she's riotous and she she becomes a stand-up comic oh, in in the 1960s one. so that will retape they're going to they're going to start taping again they say in 2021 so those are the ones i love i saw the crown and, and i'm looking at the the emmys which are coming out i think this weekend but ozark was somebody something i wa- uh, watched a little bit of people told me about ozark oh the other one i like was space force with steve carell and it talked about the military and it's it's a satire it's about the uh, air force and it's this four-star general and his friends are the joint chiefs of staff and they're hilarious because you and I know that, you know, Dr. Ryan now know about the military and the, and the brass and what that's like. And so he gets, he thinks he's going to stay in Washington at, at the Pentagon. But no, he gets sent off to Wild Horse Pass, Colorado to run the Space Force. And it's the interaction with the military, with the scientific gurus and all those people. Well, and and it's great. an interesting, it's an interesting thing. But all the others they, you know, they bring about I don't recognize to it. So you know, how do you find out it's word of mouth, or you you know, sometimes I'll 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 listen to comedians because they're hilarious. My favorite one, well, it's ethnic, but it's Joe Coy, who's Filipino American, <laughs> who I've seen in concert. But it's uh, it's you know, I I think the the point that both Leslie and and Dr. Dick here have shared is, you watch those things and surround those things, surround yourself with things and experiences that uplift you, you know? I think the things today you need are things that ha- that involve, that have hope, that engender hope, that are that have an, a, sort of an innate goodness and are positive about the future because that's something people need right now to know this is all going to end. Yeah. We've been oh, yeah. through stuff like this before. It's been a long time. One year from today, we're going to go, remember when we had the pandemic? <laughs> remember, it's not forever, guys. This is going to pass. We will move on, learn the lessons, wash your hands, be appreciative of the time of your friends when you are close to them. Uh, try to have a sense of humor. Try to have a sense of balance. Uh, be grateful for the things you learned. And Life goes on, and you embrace that. And watch a good show at night. And learn more about the past. I was reminded recently about the percentage of young people in this country that have been born since 9-11. Yeah. We need to learn about the past or else we repeat the, the mistakes. Well, thanks for being on our show, Thank Leslie you. and Dick. and so much fun. Thanks for you all for tuning in. Please uh, take care of yourselves. Focus on good things. Be positive. There's enough bad stuff around. You know what? Bad stuff's not going to work for you. It doesn't work for me. Focus on things that lift you up and lift other people up. So with that, God bless you. Have a great rest of the month, and we'll talk to you next month on Dr. Connie's House Calls. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.